Let's get ready to throw down. What is up, everybody? Sales Throwdown. We are back again. We are talking about how do you handle the stigma in sales, right? Because I think everybody knows that salespeople are not the most loved class of people on the planet. You know, I mean, even us, we talk about the bad sales things that we have to deal with whenever we're, you know, networking and talking and doing our things. And so we wanted to kind of touch base on this because right now, you know, a lot of people have their walls up and I think that some of that stigma is showing through more as desperation starts to like pile up with the end of the year and stuff like that. So we went, we kind of wanted to touch base on this again and go a little bit deeper about how, how do you handle that? How do you wear it? How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you talk about it? Right. If at all. So, um, and I think that Al and Nan have got some of the hardest like reputations as far as like being, being salespeople, like everybody knows about medical device and pharmaceutical sales and everybody has opinions about them and stuff like that. So I'm curious for you guys, how, how often does that show up and what kind of form does it take? How do you handle it? Oh, for, for me, I find that initially, you know, the first impression is, is how people are influenced, what they see of you, right? So you walk in, if you're walking in and you're, you tell them you're a salesperson, then of course they're just like, oh man, you know, and they just kind of back off until you gain their respect, show your value. They're not going to think great of you. I mean, I'm afraid that's just the way it is now with Dr. Daniel, it's probably a little bit different because he gets to say he, but he never does, does he? I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that, but you know, he has a little more validity than just being this little silly girl walking in as a salesperson. But I, I do think my first impression with someone is highly important. So I'm going to go in positive. I'm going to say something nice as genuine as possible, you know, you don't want to go in there just with a bunch of BS, but I think the first impression is huge, positive. And I know, I I feel like I'm a broken record because I I say it, I think probably every podcast, but it's just the truth. You are perceived with what people see initially and then what they hear. So I think it's really important to be cognitive of what comes out of your mouth and what they are seeing as you walk in. And I remember working with Al and um, one of the hospitals that we were doing a lot of work in changed the scrubs for reps. And um, before that, we got to wear these blue ones that you see Al in in most of these, yeah, these episodes. And then all of a sudden we come in and they had given us these like shit brown ones that look like you're an inmate in a prison. And uh, and, a, and on the back across the shoulders, it just says vendor in the biggest annoying letters ever. And it's just uh, so weird. It was you were a vendor of zero zero one two four six. Yeah, okay. Here's the deal, and they used to preach, "Do not wear these outside of the hospital." And you're like, "Who the f would ever wear this anywhere?" <laughs> but I mean, we're being forced into them. I made such a shit show out of this because I was just like, literally, I'm in brown. I should be cooking at Bonanza. How do you so, want your meat, right? It's the it's the proctologist. <laughs> scrubs yeah, exactly we're the turd <laughs> yeah it's the turd squad right yeah. oh by the way that hospital has eventually they've either somebody threw them all out 
they've gone back to where you pretty much wear blue scrubs like everybody else now. So, uh, yeah. um, but to, to, to Nan's point, one of the things that I think, and to the point of the, the conversation about uh, the stigma behind being a sales individual, I think the, the, the key quality here that separates you from the crowd is don't fall into the negative habits that we all know that exist in our industries as far as sales, right? And be your honest self whenever you go in front of anybody. Um, case in point, in our business, the receptionist is not the decision maker. She's the gatekeeper. You got to use your tact with the gatekeeper. And it's our, I mean, I'm, we're not the only industry with gatekeepers, but the gatekeepers there just to get you scheduled to see the decision maker. Keep it simple, right? Don't wear her out. Become an asset to her as quickly as possible with um, understanding how busy her day is, understanding how many you know, small but varied tasks that they end up with. And you know, putting you to the front of the line comes with a little bit of tact on your part, right? How can you be nice to this person, take a little stress off of her and show some value that would make her shine, right? Or him shine, whoever happens to be standing there. I mean, truly, and, I cannot tell you, sorry to interrupt, Al. Yeah, I cannot no, tell no. you how many times I have heard that proverbial gatekeeper say something disparaging about salespeople. And I've never met them, right? So I go in and they have this persona, persona already, let, you know, they've labeled me already. And um, just the other day, I think I made mention actually the last week, but the girl was just like, you know, here's my stack of people that have already been in here. And I was just like, change that. Don't be the whiny little salesperson that, well, gosh, and well, I, you know, at that point, they really don't have any interest in listening to you or hearing about, they definitely don't want to hear a whine. So improve their, improve their moment that they're going to be, you're going to be standing in front of them. I know, does that sound like a huge task? No, no, no. Because basically I lean in and say, Hey, look, I'm parked in the handicapped parking. So I'm going to make this quick. <laughs> and you got to break the pattern guys because if you just stand there and are, you know so find something to do what i just did right yeah that is you the truth i love that that was good al i'm thinking about i'm thinking about that that exact situation you know that nanette's talking about where where you walk in there because like i've had that happen as well there's a brand new doctor brand new office i call them they're like well we have a marketer who's attached to this and they're taking all the calls in and then i call her and she goes you're the like the 30th person I've talked to and we're not even open yet. Right. And at the time I didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff. Right. Like I, I was just like dumbfounded, but now like I'm thinking, how would I do something along those same lines whenever they're like, yeah, you see this list, you know, of like, of like, how do you, how do you upset that pattern? So that way you break that moment open. So that way your connection be viewed as a human and not just a salesperson with that big label around your neck, you know? Right. Um, what about uh, Clint? What about you? I mean, I mean, I, I know uh, my dad grew up in industry, working in plants down in Houston, where you're at now. Um, how do you how do you get through to that to that decision maker? You know, um, so 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 a couple of things. One, in it's got to be sometimes you fight your own people on this. I know I always have in construction. Oh, that's my sales guy. 
oh, that's this guy. And they, they downplay you to your own customer, like trying to get in the door. And they, they've established that reputation. Oh, if you want something done, don't talk to that guy. He doesn't know shit. Call me. And they've already taken you out of the success loop. Like there's, it's, that's hard to come back from, right? And so for me, especially in a, in a bigger company, if you have a team behind you, those people that have to back up what you sell, they need to have confidence that you are the, the first and for, foremost person that needs to talk to the customer. They have to have that confidence in you. And you have to instill that confidence in them that you know what you're doing. Otherwise, you're always going to be that, oh, don't talk to the dumb sales guy that we have. Talk to me. I'm the engineer, right? And, and that's, a, that's a huge hurdle in my business to get, to get around. And, and honestly, proof's in the pudding. Like you have to, you know, I had a guy to uh, call me today and um, we, we had done an install and I just was calling just to check in and chat to see if they were doing any other, you know, new projects. And he's like, oh, your, your ears must have been burning. I said, uh, yeah. so why is that? And he said, well, I was just telling our uh, building owner, oh, yeah, that guy that came and promised us the world, this isn't working right. And I said, well, why didn't you call? He said, well, I did call. I called three of your guys and, you know, they, they haven't responded. I said, you know, hey, man, you call me, I get stuff done. So, you know, I, I literally hung up, walked down the hallway. Hey, get somebody out there right, right now. This was at three o'clock. We had somebody out there by four taking care of a problem, you know, but, but that, you know, that, that's how you change that perception. Right. And, and I could have just said, Oh, well, you know, I'm sure they'll take care of you and walk away. Cause you're embarrassed. You don't want to take care of the problem. You could have walked away and you're forever known as that stupid salesman, that crappy it, salesman. It, you, you just hit on something. And I want to come back to John here in a minute. Nan, same thing happened to her today, right? Whenever you, and, and this goes once you kind of start doing business with an office or a particular entity, in our world, if they have a need, we're filling it or we're finding the person who will fill it for them, right? And so that's when you get the chance to start showing value. So there's a kind of, it's kind of a, a, a tiered approach, right? Get in there, sure. build some rapport, but then solve a problem for them. Yeah. And if the problem for the receptionist or the gatekeeper is she's too damn busy, keep it straight and to the point, right? Don't wear her out with a sales pitch right then and there. That's not her job to listen to you babble about your yeah. product line, right? She needs to know what you need to accomplish and how she can help you. And sometimes it's just as quick as saying, I was wondering if you could help me I'm looking to set up an appointment to speak to the person who makes the decision about this. How would I go yeah, about doing that? And then and shut the F up. Let her tell you something or throw you out of the clinic or throw, do something. Right. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Yourself. You, and you, get, you guys are talking about a lot of this on the front end. I, I'm talking more of it on the, the back but, end. Of, but I agree the, with the they, back end. I, I, they, yeah. they both apply. Um, my thing on the back end is uh, almost every salesperson I know has always said these words or some form of, I'm the guy that you call. If you want this done or you want this problem solved, you call me, man. I take care of you. The problem is they sell the one, right? They don't follow up sale. They don't follow it down the road. They let the job happen. You never hear from the sales guy again. So you, you set yourself up for failure or, or your salespeople in your industry set you up for failure. It's hard to get around. And uh, the only way you can change it is by doing. I just truly believe that you got to get in and, and sink your teeth in and, and make a change. You can't just, I mean, you know, to, to a lot of Nan's points of being positive, one thing you can't do is go in with, oh, well, he thinks I'm a stupid salesman, therefore I am a stupid salesman. Like that's, that's a no win attitude as well. You're, you speak, so, you know, you speak that, that's, 
It's going to happen. Well, that's when you just go back to my Corvettes in the handicap park running, <laughs> you know, sorry, I'm late for a flight. I'm going out to Tahiti tonight because, yeah, we're just doing some stuff out there. By the way, and yeah, I mean, part of it is, are you confident enough in yourself to actually be a salesman? Because if you're not, shit, somebody else is oh. hiring. Get moving. Get moving. If you don't want to be a salesman, give me, I, hey, send it, send your business my way. I love it. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, if you don't, if you don't like it, don't do it, right? I, I could, man. I, I have a lot to say on this topic. Um, so that's the very first thing: is that is that are you are you confident enough in what you do to that you can kind of stand up in the face of adversity, right? Because someone's going to bag on you, someone's going to make a comment, someone's going to tell you no, someone is going to have like a you know some sort of negative opinion about you and. I remember I was struggling with this a long time ago and I was talking to Jeff about it, my, my business partner in the website company. And, uh, and I was like, man, I'm just struggling, you know? And he was like, why? And I was just talking about how like it just seemed impossible to do it. And that I was, I was re too reliant on techniques and not really just like trying to be a human in the moment. And, um, and he was like, man, even if you use every technique you th that you know, but you're using it with the right intention, right? You're asking them questions. You're allowing them to be in charge of it. You're making them part of the conversation. It's a collaborative conversation as opposed to a lot of pressure and a lot of assumptions and a lot of things that bad people do. He goes, you're setting them up to have one of the best sales conversations they're ever going to have. And I, and that shifted it for me. I was like, Oh, right. And so then I stopped being as concerned about how people were going to feel when they got off the phone, because like, I knew that my intentions were, were where I needed them to be. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is super important. Like, I don't think, I don't think anybody, even the, even the most cliched salesperson on the planet is going to last very long. If, if they're aware of the fact that they're just like shoving people into products and services without good fit and stuff like that. Like I just, I've never known anybody to be that, that underhanded. So, yeah. so John, was most of this just your head trash that you had to get around? You know, um, it kind of came from a conversation with a friend of mine because uh, I was working with a coach and was working with Jeff and, you know, coming up, working on, a, on everything. And I was drinking the Kool-Aid a little too hard and was talking with a friend of mine who was also a business owner and was like, oh man, this stuff's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, what if everybody sold the same way that you did? you know, and they, and they bought in and they, and they like, like, wouldn't you need to go do something else then so that way you could once again, still be different from everybody else. And then I was like, I was kind of hung up on that for a little bit. And then it's still the best intention, right? Like my intention is to have a really rock solid conversation with you. You have the full ability to tell me no at any point in the conversation. And I might have to tell you no, because if this doesn't work, I'm going to tell you because it's just not worth it otherwise, you know? And when you like really own that and do it well, I think it, I think it just resonates, but yeah. it's really hard to do it well if you're, if you don't mean it, right? Like I can remember very clearly how many times I told people like, Hey, we might not be a fit and that's okay at the end of it. And how different it felt after I told someone like, Hey, we're not the right ones to help you on this. Right? Like yeah. my next conversation, when I said that, like I felt the weight of it, they felt the weight of it. And then it started to shift. Right. And, and it wasn't just a technique for the sake of doing a technique. It was a technique based upon actual interactions and history. And we learn this stuff, right. From, you know, people that you follow and coaches and, you know, YouTube and Grant Cardone and all these people, but like you actually have to go out and do it and go through some of this stuff. So that way you understand why it's so bad. Like, like, like I can't coach anybody how to sell if they've never sold anything before because they don't see the value in doing it this way because they've never 
had the missteps, the pitfalls, the the mistakes, you know, because they're like, well, I'm just going to do it this way. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you get when you get tired of that, let's talk again, kind of deal. Yeah, and I've even had uh, situations where, you know, I always kind of say it's to be that one phone call, be the be the guy that can you know get stuff done. Always know where you draw have to draw the line because of your capability. So you you have to know that hard. That that's for sure. But there's been times on construction sites where I've sold the mechanical portion of it, and they say, "Oh yeah, we're we're struggling to find the electrician. Uh, do you know anybody?" I'm like, "Well, how much how much is it worth for you to for me to take that off your hands and let me go hire an electrician for this job?" And um, sorry, the light went out. Um, and some people say, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I really don't, I don't know if I can afford it. And I said, well, you know, you're struggling. I have contacts. I could hand them over, but if you're struggling, find them. They're not going to work for you. They know me, right? Let me find this. And what else are you missing? Oh, I'm missing, you know, some gravel. Oh, well, I, I know a great gravel guy, you know, let me call them and put them under. And you, next thing you know, you go from having one portion of a, you know, 20 part job to having 15 pieces of a 20 part job. And you just made your, you know, that sale from maybe 200,000 to 2 million really fast. And you, because you're that guy, but you have to follow through on it. And, yep. you know, I've handed those same projects over to the project team, the, the doers I'll say on, on my side and then be like, Oh man, look at all this stuff I got to do. It's like, yeah, but would you rather have 200,000 of this job? Now we have 2 million. Like it's, it's the juice is worth the squeeze here, right? Like let's just go get it done. Whatever you need from me. Let's. And that's why I said the back of the house, you know, once you make a sale, how they support you, what they do, what they say about you is huge. And only you can create that image for them. Um, well, and, and Clint, go ahead, ahead Nick. Well, I was going to say. First, you know, your very first talk with a potential office or for us, it's offices, um, is the hardest part. You know, today um, I had three different doctors call needing immediate something done. I did it. And, you know, in my head, I'm going, I love this because I know it's brownie points. I mean, I know it sounds pathetic, but, you know, once you capture a client, your actions, and they better be good, they better be timely. And just like you were talking about, Clint, that's huge. It's so huge. Yeah, and I, I, actually, love that. I, had, I had a guy today, actually, there's a lot of, a lot of things happen today. Um, but there was a guy that called me today and he was like, Hey, I'm waiting on your guys' bid. It's three o'clock. I said, no, I told you guys two weeks ago, I'm not bidding this. There's just, you know, too much competition, too many people bidding it. It's on the street. There's like 19 GCs bidding it. There's, there's just no way I'm not, I'm not involved in these kind of jobs. He's like, Oh man. He's like, I was counting on you guys. And I said, well, sorry, but I, I mean, I can't put together a $4 million job in an hour. I mean, there's no way. And he's like, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, that's easy, man. He's like, uh, I said, there's, literally 20 mechanicals in Houston business. I'll give you the phone numbers to people that I, you know, that I think are worthy to do work for you. This is my customer. This is one of my great customers. And um, he's like, really? And I said, yeah, why, why not? I'm not bidding this for you. I'm not doing this job for you, but I can help you out on this job. Mm -hmm. And so I sent him an email with like five sales guys from five of the top companies that are our competitors and said, Hey man, you know, call these guys. They, they got a number for you. Clint, Clint just knocked it out of the park, guys. Know every facet of your process, what you're actually accomplishing for your client, and who your competitors are. And don't be afraid to do what Clint just did. Back out of the equation and then help this guy as a free consultant 
so that he doesn't get screwed by one of the lesser competitors that you have. Because when you yeah. walk into some of the guys that work around us, they're good people. There's nothing wrong with my competitors. They feed their kids. They're decent. We drink beer together, but we still work and, and try to work against each other. But we see each other in the hallways of these hospitals all the time. Yeah. So, you know, that's, I always kind of use that. It's like, it, I'm sure in the, in the medical world, it's very similar in all worlds of sales, but like you, uh, you talk shit about your competitor and then you get fired or you quit and you go work for that. Now, what do you say? Right. You can't say they're the best. <laughs> you just told all your customers they're pieces of shit. Now you're like, Oh, welcome to the yeah. best company oh. in the world. So you always got to be careful about that, you know, and, and these guys aren't pieces of shit. They do what you do every day and they do it probably just as good, if not better. So I, I'm always a big believer in know your competitors. And, and the other thing is know your capabilities, right? Yep. And, and, and Nan and I are kind of in crunch. It's the end of the year. I think we've spoken about this in the past. Deductibles are met. We're trying to, you know, beat COVID by getting these cases into the OR. So we've got a lot of whirlwind. I've got doctors actually calling me, right? Hey, can you get this? Can you get that? Um, and so we've got a lot of action going on. And some of it is, hey, I don't do this, but I literally put a deal together this week that just hit this afternoon before I jumped on here with an old product that, side note, manufactured in Puerto Rico, the hurricane blew it up, was back on the market. I didn't even know where I could get it from, but a doc calls me, I make two phone calls, connect the dots, call the local guy that's now in control, put it together, get back to the doc, anyway. You, you, you work your deals and you know the people to go to to get the information you need to put these things together and put yourself back in the game. Yeah. And if you're not sinking into your industry and, and becoming an expert and a noted authority in your expert in your. But now, having said that, it doesn't happen in year one, doesn't happen in year two. But in five years, you need to be working on that 10 year plan to being the senior vice president like Clint down here or out on your own as a freelance consultant like John is over here. Okay. Or master of your own ship. And that's not, that's not necessarily your own business, but if your company, if you're knocking it out of the park for your company, they won't want to lose you. Right. Yeah. So they're going to want to give you all the support and then you can turn around and say, that shit at the back of the house, we got to change this because I can't, if I sell it and it falls on its ass because of this, you know, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I, I'm taking my ticket and my toys and I'm moving to the company next door. Yeah. I actually had that conversation yesterday. I, I said, you know, one of the things that I, I can never do is sell a bad product. It's just not in me because I, I, I do pretty honest business. I, I don't try to, I, I don't try to skirt ethics or anything like that. I just, I, I just straight, pretty honest and straight and narrow in the business realm. And the easiest way to do that is to have your back of the house, knock it out of the park. Right. And, it, you know, whether it's your product line, maybe you're selling, you know, certain types of cell phones or whatever, you know, your product line means everything to you. If you're selling a crappy product, it's pretty easy to be a crappy salesman because eventually those people you sold it to are coming back. Use car salesman, you know, you sell a jalopy and it goes down the road and the wheel falls off. They're coming at you, man. Okay, and, but uh, okay. To your point, Clint, I got a buddy that kills it in the used car business. Yeah, sure. So what he did was he set up his own mechanic because they won't pay for a car that isn't running. So if it has a problem, he's like, okay, didn't expect that to happen. Bring it in, let's get it fixed, and pay your bill. Right? Yeah, sure. There is yeah, a solution a right way to, to every yep. problem out there. But if you're sitting there scratching the surface, calling yourself an expert, go f yourself and get another yeah. job. And and I look at it. My uh, time. 
And, and I looked at, um, you know, going to the situation I had today with like giving them my competitor's number. I don't do that. I get calls all day long. Are you bidding this? I said, no. And they say, okay, great. And they hang up and, you know, I really wasn't going to do business with them anyway. It just, I have a brick and mortar. So some people just call you. Right. Yeah. And a uh, pretty big city. So you get a lot of phone calls. Hey, we expected a bid on you on this job. And I just say, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't even know. Don't even know who you are. I'd love to talk to you more about it. It's just a click, right? Like, okay. But in that situation, I look at the pro con, you know, if I was to write it out on paper, the pro cons, I don't give the guy anything. He doesn't get a bid in today. His company fails. His boss is pissed. Like, why didn't, you know, why didn't he do all this? Now he's pissed. And, and the bad thing is, is even though I did nothing wrong, I'm the bad guy. And, and that's, that, that's what's going to happen out of the situation. He expected something from me, even though I told him two weeks ago, he, whether he didn't catch or he, he, you know, he caught it or he didn't. But the point of it is at the end of the day, I'm going to be the bad guy because I didn't give him a number. And, um, so I can't give you a number now. I'd love to, but I can't, and I don't want to. So, um, next best solution, right. To make my customer, ha customer happy. And, and, uh, for me, it's about put that down on paper, see what the pro cons are. What, what can you do to make it better for your customer? That's what you're here for, man. That's, that's a salesperson. Well, and you bring up a really good point there, right? Because you talked about all the other people who call you asking about a bid, a bid in the minute you say that you're not going to bid it, they hang up, but this guy, you guys had some rapport. You guys had a bit of a relationship and he was like, man, I was really hoping for this. Right. And so you get to actually have the real conversation because it's past that transactional like level. Sure. Right. And you know um, you guys have both kind of made kind of the same point of like, sometimes the value you need to bring to get a relationship started is just knowing the right person that they need to be talking to. Right. I mean, I have built my network just around being the guy who makes a lot of introductions, right? So I will sometimes get an introduction from somebody and like, Hey, you should talk to John. He knows everybody. And he will, and he will, he will absolutely get you like hooked up and connected. So we, it's super easy for me to hop into like a zoom call and network and look for people to make introductions to and stuff like that. And that person's going to take my call whenever I want to talk about like a project or business or yeah, something like that. Exactly. Well, that, that speaks to the point. I got the call from the doc this week. And the, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to carry the product line. I'd carried it in the past. That's why he called me. But they, they've gone through some changes in that manufacturing group. And so I ended up getting a connection for a guy in Arizona that runs this area now, right? I knew the guys. And since the plant went down, it's kind of water under the bridge. So I was prepared to connect some dots. And, but I still wanted the sale. So I thought, okay, it won't hurt to ask if I can do the, you know, do the bidding here. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the product. I've, I've sold it in the past. And, and when I, and, and again, I'm talking to good people in the same industry. I got far enough up the chain with the plan of, Hey, is anybody, you know, working with this doctor from your group come to find out nobody was the guy says, send me a list of the guys you work with, what the hospitals you work in. And I just got positive, positive, you know, the dominoes started falling. I didn't know how far they would fall, but it was worth the effort. And it ended up in my lap, it appears, right? And yeah. the, the thing that I love about that is like, you decided to ask anyway, right? Like, mm, I mean, yeah. and so there, there's a big thing in the world that I like work, work in, it's called white labeling, right? Which is where you partner with somebody else and it's called yep. white label because they don't put a label on it. So you can slap yours on the work, right? And so you might do digital marketing, but you, there's a version of it you don't do. So you go find a partner. And in those situations, it makes sense to give 
the the person a bit of a discount because you didn't have to go find that deal. You didn't have to qualify. You didn't have to sell it. You didn't have to close it. You didn't have to market to it or anything else. So why wouldn't you give a discount, give up a couple of points so that way you can actually grow grow your market share? I mean, it makes sense at the end of the day. There's, there's especially yeah. in the consulting side of like the digital marketing and everything, there's just some greedy, greedy motherfuckers who were not going to make it, right? Like, like they're going to flame out whenever the focus moves away from like agencies, which is where it is now into the next new shiny thing that's going to get everybody rich, you know, day trading or crypto or whatever this thing will be next. Yeah, I would like to before I think we're probably pretty close on wrapping this mm-hmm. episode up. I would like to talk because we are always so um, personality focused on this podcast with this. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about every personality I know. Uh, I mean, all four of us are sitting right here, DIS and C to the extreme levels. Um, I don't know any of us or anybody that I've met that doesn't like to have. I know that I know a guy, right? Everybody, every personality that I know, especially uh, us in the corners, like that's how some of us, that's why some of us are there. I know, you know, Doc, I know you love that. John, you're, you're, you love introducing people. Hey, I know a guy that does this. And um, Nana, even as, the sweetheart s down there i'm sure that you're like hey i love you need to meet my friend if you anybody pushes seen, it yeah yeah if, if anybody pushes it more it's probably the s but even me as a d like as much as i love to do things by myself i'm a last resort to it myself I, i'm more of a you know i would rather delegate everything out if i could you know and uh so for me i i don't know anybody that doesn't say that they don't love having that guy hey uh you know i need my roof repair hey man i know a guy you need to call this guy. They love be everybody loves having that connection. And so be that guy, be that guy for somebody like you're well, not going to run into a personality that you can't be that person for. You know what I mean? I, I agree so much. And I, I think that I'm pretty lucky that I got to come on in kind of like a business development role um, whenever I was working with Jeff, because it was, it wasn't just like, pure hunting. It was also like looking for relationships and looking for like channel partners and stuff like that. And so it really brought a whole lot of networking, you know, front and center for me. And as a C, it's not, it's not the thing that I thought would be generating most of my business, right? Like, you know, when you ask most Cs, it's going to be, you know, data and marketing and funnels and all of these things. It's never going to be not networking for most like C type personalities, because it's just not something that we lean towards. And um, I think, when you're new in sales, right? And you're trying to figure it out and you're scrambling all over the place, right? You don't have any bandwidth to allocate towards, let me go build some relationships with people who are centers of influence, calling on the same people, but not doing the same things and networking and making it like, because you just don't have the bandwidth to do it because you're just so under the pressure of trying to get something done. And that's where your process has got to come into play, right? Having, okay, cool. Like this much cold prospecting, this much LinkedIn, this much Facebook, like however you're doing it, and then go build and nurture your relationships over here. Like you can't put all your eggs in any one basket. you know, Facebook right now, uh, because of the election and everything that's going on, like ad spend is going through the roof because the political parties are like pumping the system with all of these dollars trying to get, you know, whoever they want elected. And so all these accounts are seeing like super high ad spend, you know, higher than they've ever seen. And Facebook is cracking down on accounts and blocking lots of people. And all these people only have one way of getting business and they're all terrified. It's like, oh, you guys don't actually know how to sell. You don't know how to prospect. You know how to market really well. And that's a skill set that is important. But what are you going to do now? Yeah. I well, mean, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, ahead. go. go. Uh, I was going to say, and, and we were all there and knew at one time. 
right? Absolutely. So we make this look like, okay, this happened overnight. No, we persevered. Um, I, yeah. I mean, and we all remember the first thing we really sold for money that we could put in our own bank account. Yeah. I was I mean, not we doing were, any of this stuff whenever I was working for Al, right? Like I was, I was full on caught in that scramble of, oh shit, I got to make something happen. Al's going to fire me. Oh shit. Something's going to, you know, and I'm working a night job to pay for daycare. Like, and, and I just didn't know enough. Right. I mean, uh, I'm incredibly thankful that, you know, Al took a shot on me. Um, but like looking back on it now, like, a, I would never go back to that world and be as be as on call as you two are. But I think that I would probably do fairly fairly well now that I know all of this yeah. stuff. But no, no, yeah. like like you could give me a hundred twenty five thousand well, dollar base salary and I still wouldn't go back to that. Well, world. Wait, wait a second, John. That's because you have options now, right? And there's sure. all we're talking about here is is you know when you first get hired, you got one option: get out there and pound <laughs> it till you till you get a door to open, right? Yep. But yeah. as more and more doors open, you now have more options. So if this is really something that you sink your teeth into, that it feels good to your heart and soul, stay the endeavor. But oh, if man. it, but if, if if there's a point where you're really like, hey, I gave this all my all, then it's time. It doesn't mean, I mean, you, you know, you can go whatever path you want. Don't be afraid to jump ship if it's not for you, because you got to do something you love, or, or you know, because it doesn't appear like it's work after that. So, yeah. um, yeah, just keep that in the back of your mind that it's a struggle for everybody. The first, the first thing out of the shoot, and but there's if a shift that that happens right like mm -hmm. uh, you know al brings up a good point and the thing that i'm doing mostly now is like i'm taking salespeople and kind of training them to be better salespeople so that way they can sell marketing and advertising in these digital marketing agencies and so um i brought on a closer with a guy the the agency owner is like a probably a di and he's a very high i and, and i've been talking about process and scheduling and time blocking and all these things that i do for the people that i work with and he's in and he's struggling because he's an i he doesn't love some of this but he but he gets it and trust me and then there's some there's some differences in the things that he's hearing from me and the things that he's like hearing from you know his boss right and i, and I was like look this is why i'm here right like come talk to me about this stuff but you can't take any of that stuff into the conversations with the owner you just got to like dial that back and just understand that you guys are different and you need different things and i'm very different from either one of you right so yeah. this is where the self-awareness really comes into play because he you know he's in this spot of like he needs this job and he wants to do well and he's a super high eye so he wants his boss to like him and he wants to do a good job and so so he's he's making himself too, too available, right? He's, he's, he's answering like text messages and phone calls, like when it's family time and stuff, and he's already set agreements. And I'm like, man, that's on you, but you're setting a precedent. That's going to be hard to walk back later on, you know? And there's, I think, I think after a while, what happens is we all get used to the complexity of dealing with so many different kinds of people in such like a regular basis and like the role that we take into that kind of thing in Largely, I take it for granted now. Like I'm like I'm like, man, well, what are you stressed out about? And he goes, well, he's just he's just not 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 complying with the agreements that we made. And I was like, dude, you got to reinforce that. That's not on him. That's on you. Well, John, you speak to uh, I mean, simply put, it's sales intelligence, right? You know, we talk about our emotional intelligence. Well, it takes a minute to gain sales intelligence, right? By usually de deciding that whatever your process is or whatever your script is, that it's not working, and that but but it could work, right? If you would do this or change that. So if you're looking, and this speaks to you, John, 
is the fact that if you have a process and you have analytics, and it speaks to all of us, you can go back then and evaluate what needs to be tweaked, what needs to be changed, and build a better process the, the next go round. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Um, I think that's so. Let's go around real quick, right? Because you know we kind of covered a bunch of topics, but you know, go around the horn real quick. Let's start with Clint. You know, when you're thinking about the stigma as as a DN in construction, how do you deal with it? You know, do you have any tips or advice for anybody who might be newer or a D? Yeah, uh, man, especially speaking to a D high corner D personality, you, uh, the, the way to think about it, right. Is if you, if you have that negative notion in your head that you are, you know, um, inferior because you're a salesperson, it's going to destroy you because your personality needs to be the big guy right on the block. And in most industries, the sales guy is, you know, that, that piece of crap sales guy. It just has that notion in a lot of industries. Um, my thing is, is there's, there's some really find the badass winner. If you're new and you're trying to start find the badass kind of role model in sales, cause they're out there in every industry that just kill it. And you know, they, they're really, and I, I bet you will be surprised at how much work they actually put in, but they'll also, they live up to being a salesperson. They love being a salesperson. They'll tell you exactly the first words out of their mouth is I do sales. I'm in sales. I love it. I love it. And um, that, that's the attitude that you have to walk away from, but you can't let, um, if you're a D, you can't let that get to you that you're less than somebody else because you're in sales. Make it the opposite. Flip the script. Only you can change that. And that's awesome. Al, uh, for eyes or, or medical realm? Yeah, well, from an eye standpoint, you always want to be light. So it kind of hurts your feelings if you feel like, the, you know, somebody slamming a door in your face. You, you tend to, you know, internalize that and sometimes take it personally. And it, it's not on you, right? You're, most eyes are very likable people, you know. It's that the person just didn't have time for you or your introduction failed to get you where you needed to get, right? So, so own that. It's not it's not the gatekeeper's fault and you're going to usually get your chance to shine. You're just going to have to, you know, suffer a few losses and, 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 and have that not hurt your ego and your, and your persona. So, so always keep your chin up and um, yeah, just bounce back. Just keep going at it. Awesome. Nanette for S's or for pharmaceutical sales or anything. Oh, I, I love analogies and the whole time, listening to this conversation, I'm thinking of, you know, you're planting a seed, you need, and that's the, your very first, you know, the initial call, you're planning that you're going to plant a seed, and then you need to think of how you're going to water it, and you're going to need to put some sunshine on it. I know that sounds probably, of course, an S typical, you know, kind of silliness, but it is a process, and, you know, coddle it. Don't, don't act like, you know, don't get frustrated think positive. Another thing that I thought of as, as y'all were talking, I was thinking about that silly Saturday night live where the guy would look in the mirror and, you know, say, I I'm worth it. And I can, and yeah, it's goofy. I can't stand that to be absolutely honest. I, I just didn't even want to watch that, but in actuality, it really is very wise to feed yourself some positive, you know, think about, you know, I, I can do this. I mean, people just get so freaked out and then they just, they destroy themselves, you know, D- don't do that. 
and one more thing that I really, as we, as I listened to our talk today, I, I thought a really big thing is don't burn bridges. I think, you know, Clint spoke to it. I know I've spoke to it. I think it's really don't burn bridges. Feet, you know, you, you've planted a seed. Don't go in there and mess it up or not take care of something. That's all I want to say about all that. But, you know, I think it's really important stuff. Awesome. Wow. Um, you know, for me as a C and as a consultant, you know, the, the thing that I come back to is you can learn all the techniques on the planet, but if your intention is not lined up correctly, if you're just treating these people who have concerns and have thoughts and have ideas just as tasks, you're always going to come off a little bit cold. It's going to be hard to build reports and be very hard to build trust. And the thing that I feel like I've been successful at this year is really not letting that to happen, right? Um, it's super easy to like rely on these techniques. And so that way, if it doesn't work, you can say, well, the technique failed, I didn't fail. But who was who was wielding the technique in that moment, right? So um, know the techniques, have, have easy access to them, drill them until you can do them in your sleep. So that way, when you're in front of a prospect or you're in front of like a networking person, you can treat them as a human, in these techniques just this happen, but you're not relying on them as a crutch so that we can get through the conversation. That's good, so, Thank you. Um, real quick, last week we talked about how much of your personal beliefs and ideologies do you bring into your sales conversations? And um, Mike, uh, who runs a video marketing agency and is a good friend of mine, he, he runs a company called Four Thirds. Him and his wife run this agency together and they're, they're a woman-owned business, right? So they've got some, some unique things around that. And they were approached by a nudie bar to do some videos for them. And um, he, he, he just knew that it wasn't going to be a good fit for them and their brand and, and, you know, said no, just because he knew that it wasn't gonna be a good fit and it went against their, their ideologies. And so uh, he, he, he sent me this, this story and asked him if, I could, if we could share it on here. So people are doing this stuff, guys. Like, like, don't think that just because maybe you haven't had to turn something down based upon a principle or something that nobody does, right? Everybody's got a level that they don't want to go past. So thanks to Mike for um, allowing us to share that. Um, if you have a story that fits with one of these topics that you'd like to share and, or talk about or get some advice, please let us know. Send us a text, 817-345-7449 comment on the video, leave us a review, share this with somebody else who's struggling right now. There's a lot of people who don't know what's going to happen in, you know, between now and the end of the year and in January. Yes, Al. But John, so what was the nudie bar? Because I have this new iPhone 11. I could probably go out there and shoot, <laughs> shoot something. I mean, there's I, that, you know, what, there's yeah, that eye. There's I'm, that eye. I, I'm available. I got we, the phone. We did not get a Bellman story today, so we had to get uh, some sort of story about about the eye in there. So, <laughs> no, and that's that's tongue in cheek, guys. Apparently. I, I support <laughs> their ability to say no. So yeah, absolutely. So was... follow us on social media. Everything is at Sales Throwdown. If you have a question or if you want to take the assessment, once again, send us a text. Right, this you start improving the minute you own who you are and own the differences between you and the people that you talk to. So. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, have a great week and we'll see you guys next week. Cheers.